Justin Baker. This week's episode was recorded at the University Art Museum at SUNY Albany. I was there talking with four of the MFA candidates graduating, and I wanted to check in with them about their experience in the program and to hear about their work, and more importantly, to see it. I'm always fascinated by the work that comes out of the MFA program at SUNY Albany. I'm a little slanted, partially because I went there, I got my MFA there. Um, But I'm always, always impressed when I see the show and I see the quality of work that is coming out of the program. I made a joke with the students when I was interviewing them that the last good year of the program was the year that I graduated. But I couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, Every year, I am impressed by what I see. So my big idea was to go to the museum and have this roundtable discussion with the MFAers. The staff made it happen, students came, it was great. But the museum has this ability to generate a wall of white noise that made the recording of the interview a little difficult. And you might notice that the sound of our interview is a little compressed or reverby. That's from me cleaning up the white noise and getting this little baby ready for prime time. And additionally, you may have noticed last month the sound was a little whack, and that was from me forgetting to push a button. But Colorworks Radio, since we have been without studio, has persevered. But it has not been without its troubles. But Colorworks Radio is soldiering on because, in a lot of ways, this is my love letter to the region's art scene and my deep admiration for the talented people around me. And the art scene in the capital region is thriving. And I always felt like it needed more coverage, maybe. So that's what I'm trying to do. But I promise you, the sound will get better, and I will get better. But getting back on track, we have Erica Prevost, Catherine McTeague, Adrian Lee, and Paul Sunday. They are all incredibly talented artists who very soon will have a piece of paper to prove it. And what was interesting for me to hear about their time at SUNY was they almost all had a transformation in their work that was somewhat unexpected. And I can relate to this because I myself had a similar experience during my, it was three years at the time, three years working on my MFA. I went from someone who primarily liked to draw and paint to someone who was re-photographing photographs and thinking about the void. (laughs) And that sounds absurd coming out of my mouth at this moment. But that's what happened. And in a lot of ways, I wasn't expecting my head to get that spun around. Um, 
Um, and as a student in the program, you have to be able to navigate that and to readjust and then also to be able to sit back and I want to say think about what is happening if you can from a distance and that's hard that takes some kind of grit to make it through and to be able to at the end of your time make sense of it all and to present it um your work as a finished product or a body of work and it can all be very tricky and emotional and exhausting so i congratulate these mfa students and i applaud them and as you'll hear they're all going through some changes. written but I forgot everything that you said so uh, pardon me you know and you know thanks for getting me that stuff uh, during the week because I know you guys are busy uh, and you're trying to get the hell out of here so again thank you guys for being here um, uh, for everybody listening uh, I'm embedded in the SUNY Albany State Museum is it the state museum? I don't know and uh, this is like my alma mater so it's cool to be here um, I had horrible memories and good memories, and um, it was really fun. Uh, 
So I'm really curious to hear what you guys have to say about your time here and your work and maybe how it changed even. Like, that's a cool thing that happened. Like, to me, um, I came in and I came in as a printmaking thing. But it was kind of funny because they were like, like, it was like, they were like, look, you don't have to do any prints. Just come in. And I was like, okay, um, maybe. Um, but it seemed like a weird a weird sell to, mm -hmm. to take a printmaker and then be like, look, you don't have to do any prints. Mm -hmm. um, it seemed like it was like a, a weird, bad thing. Um, but I, I came in like wanting to be a painter and I wanted to be a painter my whole life and I'm just never going to be. Um, but I turned to photography and like that, like that transition, I don't think would have ever happened if I wasn't here in the program, which was um, kind of interesting to me in like retrospect, I had a background as a photographer, um, but I hadn't done it in years. So it was like this kind of weird switch. Um, but why don't we start and we can just like introduce ourselves and um, maybe like, like a, I'm trying to think of a brief description of what you do, or if you could sum it up in like a couple of words. So we'll start here. Um, I'm Erica. I'm from Queensbury, New York, and um, I've tr transitioned a lot, actually, from like sculptural painting to making full-on installation and building structures. So um, right now, I'm kind of dealing with sculpture and installation. Mm, okay. Uh, I'm Paul Sunday. I live in Catskill, New York, and I came to the program to make a big change. I was doing photography and reductive painting for many years, and I wanted to work with space and uh, sculpture and installation, and I also added sound parts. Mm. Yeah, um, my name's Adrian Lee. Um, I live here in Albany, New York, and I moved here in 2018 from Seattle, Washington, and I am a mixed media painter. Okay. Cool. I'm Catherine McTague. I'm from Boryzel, New York. I came in as a painter and I am leaving as a painter. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think that's probably the one, if I remember, where like, you know, you come in as a painter and you leave as a painter. <laughs> Usually. I don't know. I just made that up. Uh, I have no idea. Um, but anyways, so how, like you, so you guys started, and this is like anybody can kind of jump in and answer, um, it's really not directed to anybody, but you guys came in and started at the, am I right? The beginning of the pandemic? Right before. Right before. Okay. Um, how was that adjustment? I mean, we've all adjusted, but did, did that play, like how larger role did that play in your time here? Like everything? That's a, that's a huge, um, because it's everything being shut down and not being able to gather with friends or family, uh, there just really wasn't an excuse to not be in the studio constantly. And um, I feel like my craftsmanship and my process has definitely been affected by that each way. Anybody else? On the flip side of that, we were sort of unsure if we were allowed to be in the studio because like on paper we were not, but some people were in the studio. So I think missing a big chunk of time in the middle of the program was definitely super difficult, but I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stones that were overturned, like due to the pandemic and like the extra time and like that sort of like anxiety 
that might not have happened had it not been for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Did everyone like make a pandemic piece that was <laughs> and then like discard it right away or like it seemed like everyone had to get that out of their system. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, when you're stuck in that type of a situation, um, when it initially happened, I had to be stuck in my apartment for two weeks because mm-hmm. of a scare. And I, we were for it. We couldn't go on campus. So I didn't have any materials with me in my home because I had everything in my studio. So the only thing I did have was clothes. So I think just using accessible materials around me to be able to help me cope with everything, find some sense of control. I think that had a lot to do with the materials um, I'm currently using and I'm still going to be using in the future. Um, Just using everything on hand and trying to make something out of, you know, everything going on. Okay. Yeah, I would say it was huge, the pandemic. Uh, For me, it uh, forced me to start working differently and for example, I had posters all over campus just before campus closed down. Um, I was auditioning dancers for a performance piece. Mm. And of course that wasn't going to happen. And what did happen though was I felt very isolated and I took a deep dive into researching and practicing sound and recording and sampling and beat making. And it completely changed my approach to Sculpture. Mm, the the sound. Yes. Uh huh. How like when you? How does the sound like? I'm curious about that. Like, um, just to, I guess we'll, we'll talk about your work for a second. How does the? How do you think the the sound? Are you thinking of it as like a spatial element? Absolutely. Um, initially, I was probably just thinking of it as a sort of accompaniment or an extra layer, but then I realized that experimenting with getting away from one sense, vision prevailing over everything, which it has in my work for decades, uh, that you really were now dealing with another sculptural element that addressed space Mm -hmm. and utilized space. Mm. That's one of the things I'm very happy about with the evolution that I subjected myself to and how it turned out for this exhibition. Uh huh. So you, there's a you made a transition, and um, what was like? How I mean, this is like kind of towards the program. Like, what was the the feedback, or how was that pushed, or if you can kind of think about it, like what what kind of what kind of sense were you getting from the faculty about that? Sure, um, I was encouraged and there was incredible support um, and almost I would say a celebration of that sort of openness to transition and openness to coping Mm -hmm. because it was both. I mean, I already had it in mind to make big changes before the pandemic hit, but then it just made more sense than ever to just embrace completely Mm -hmm. transformative set of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Did everyone like the, and I found like this was the, the, the trickiest thing about entering into the, the program. And I, I think it's like a, a big thing, like the difference between like undergrad and graduate school is like finding 
like in undergrad, like you're kind of just, you're doing everything and you're, you're just kind of like a sponge. But when in graduate school, this was my experience, I had to really like find the, the voices that made sense to me in terms of like the faculty and then like be able to process that. And then also like, I don't think it was, now when I was in the program, it was like a third year, three year program. It wasn't like till the third year that I felt like I could um, hear like the voices that didn't make sense to me and like still understand how that matters. Um, so did you, did everyone like, I'm sure you all have like someone in, like faculty that you gravitated towards that made a lot of sense. Everyone's shaking their head. Uh -huh. Was it hard to figure that out? Um, I think like maybe the first year because um, just getting to know everyone. Right. Knowing, you know, trying to figure out your, what you want to do and how you want to progress. And then um, working with different professors every semester um, it kind of was like you were, you were evolving and changing with them as well. And then as you progressed, you really found like those people you could connect with and work with mm -hmm. kind of when you resolved, you know, where you want to be within your work, it kind of clicked. Uh -huh. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I definitely think there like are a few who like specifically, I definitely like go to and I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> I don't know what to know about this. Um, um, but, yeah, definitely. I think that, yeah. I, I really struggle with that because I'm sort of a people pleaser. And, like, undergrad 10 years ago, I had one advisor. So it was like there's only one person to, like, try to impress. Whereas, like, you're working with four people and they are all saying different things. And instead of, like, kind of trying to figure out what I was trying to do, I think towards the beginning at least, I was trying to make sure everyone was happy, which is, like, crazy like they're they're here to help us <laughs> but eventually yeah I sort of would pick out the voices that I could listen to and felt confident enough to reject ideas that I didn't like uh-huh oh, confident that's a good word to put in there like yeah <laughs> yeah like okay uh, Adrian any yeah um I actually kind of gravitated towards the faculty that pushed me the most um because in undergrad I realized that those were the professors that really had a big part in um, my breakthroughs that I had in undergrad, but here um, especially. I used to have a very traditionalist approach to painting because I had the preconception that a good artist must study the past in order to make work for the future. And although that was true, I kind of discovered in grad school that I had to separate myself as a student in order to become an artist. Um, and that kind of ushered my work in the 21st century. Because I, uh, I was really big on art history, classical painting processes, and um, once I decided to integrate different media, it completely uh, changed the dynamic of my work. Mm. And how how did they push you? I'm curious about that. Um, well, for example, um, one of the faculty that has had a really big impact on me was Countess Strober, and I used to get really intimidated and nervous before we had studio visits because she would challenge me not just formally but conceptually as well. And um, just kind of thinking like that and kind of prepper, like um, preparing for our visits, like I would even start rehearsing what I would talk about, which I never really did before. Because um, I thought it was important to 
not kind of have those awkward silences while you're trying to come up with something to say or trying to get it out uh, a certain way. And um, Jack Schober, uh joined Carson also had a huge impact um, because we both are very into art history. And I think that's what initially kind of built that connection between us. Um, she's also a, a fantastic painter as well. And that's another thing that resonated with me. But then, it, like, besides the painters, um, Oliver Waslow, in terms of uh, my conceptual processes, had a big impact. And um, also Brian Toll, which is one of the sculpture professors. Oh, okay. They were the ones that definitely challenged me more conceptually. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's now, you know what's funny? You mentioned Oliver, because um, he's a computer guy. Mm -hmm. And when I first saw your work, I wasn't sure if it was made in the computer or not, some of it. Like some of it like looks very much like a painting, but then some like even like, uh, I guess these three here, um, look very informed by the computer. Is that, am I right about that or? I would say photography for sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously um, the computer is a huge part of that. Uh, I have compiled thousands and thousands of reference photos that I've saved since I was in high school. And usually whenever I kind of come to a conceptual block or I'm not sure what the next piece should be, I kind of just comb through those hard drives until I find something that I may have overlooked mm -hmm. um, or something that is relevant right now. And um, I integrated the photography um, in a collage-like format within the context of a painting, mm -hmm. and, um, which is something I never did before. I mean, like the professors that I had in undergrad, it was like, you have to stretch your own canvases, oil goes on canvases, you don't adhere things to canvases. It was just a really kind of traditional thing that I had to unlearn a lot of things from. Mm -hmm. And um, once I did that, I mean, my work completely changed. It's like after um, integrating these different medias, especially for something like photography, where you could spend painting, we used to spend months painting a figure, and with collaging those uh, photos onto there, like, you could do it in a day. Mm -hmm. speeds up the process um, and also I learned a ton of stuff too like when you're mixing all these different kinds of mediums and techniques it's super exciting mm -hmm. and I think it's important to be engaged in what you're doing and for me a big part of that is process yeah hmm. interesting anybody else add on to that or no or? everyone looked like they wanted to say something so I'm asking but I'm curious, um, just to stick with, with your thought for a second, or maybe I'm not understanding it. Um, do you first lay them out in the computer or no? No, I just, oh, interesting. Um, I, I take the reference photos and that's important for me is to work from my own uh, photography. I just feel like it retains mm -hmm. some more of that artistic integrity that I think is important. Mm -hmm. And um, once I have the images, then I'll map out my compositions um, and kind of break up those drawings into sections of drawn painting and collage. And then I repetitiously arrange each of those mediums in a specific sequence that obscures the elements that are painted, the ones that are here. Because for me, whenever I go to galleries and museums and I look at work, the work that really kind of resonates with me are the ones where I stare at I'm like, how did they do this shit? Mm -hmm. Like how, I'm trying to just decipher their process. And it's for me really, really engaging. That's something that I was interested in doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I just asked that, uh, I guess, one more time. Because um, when I interviewed Joanne, um, I don't know, maybe a year ago, she had that show at the Alpaca. I don't know if anyone saw that. Um, she, like, kind of, like, 
um, we got to eventually that, you know, and I, you know, what's funny was about that interview. I was like super nervous cause I had Joanne as a, and I was like, I guess always kind of nervous around her, but, um, she just has this air to her. That's like, you know, I felt like I'm not worthy. Um, but, uh, in the end she was like, you know, I, I started using the computer to like lay these out and it really sped up the process. Um, which you're alluding, alluding to, uh, a, a speed, you know, which is interesting, you know, cause you can, as always, you get ideas out quicker and you start playing off those ideas. Um, and she was like, oh, I just, you know, do you, she was like, now, do you know Photoshop? And I was like, Joey, and I teach that for 10 years. I do know. It. Yeah. So that was kind of funny, but, um, interesting. Um, thinking about, and I just want to go to you, uh, Erica, cause Adrian said like, um, how do they do this? Right. And I look at this, your work here mm -hmm. and I, and I think about a little bit like the thought process um, mm -hmm. that went into this. And maybe you could describe how you make these constructions that have this kind of like, like a Rauschenberg feel to them, <laughs> yeah. but also like, cause you talked about a transition from yeah. your work. Mm -hmm. um, so if you could, Take us through that a little bit. I mean, I think um, how I've always worked is with collage, even with my paintings, um, and just putting pieces of things that don't work together and making them work. And I think in with everything, I think I actually initially started this piece like a semester before the pandemic actually hit. Um, and Inside Out was really about you know, this, it was a time in my life where I was confused as to what was, you know, what time is what, um, when is when, where am I, um, is this real or not type of situation. So I wanted to really build this space that, um, had that type of inside out feel where, you know, you can identify with it, you know, what this material is, it's very pure in its form. Um, and I'm just transforming it in a very simple, repetitive way. Um, which is identifying with siding, you know, a home or a space that someone would live in, where the memories would be. Hmm. Um, and I think that really encompasses with just the material itself, you know, cardboard, it being this material that used to be something that was alive and breathing. And now it's, you know, recycled. People use it every single day. People um, recognize it, um, and then it's thrown away. It has no use anymore. Um, so kind of bringing back life into that, um, also, but I think it's also about chaos, um, and how all these little tiny repeated patterns really collect and can encompass a space mm -hmm. and grow and change and evolve. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> but I, I also mean, go ahead. But um and then this actually helped me come up with my next step and what I really wanted to do. I think for a hard time I was trying to make this something that was supposed to be solid, but um like I think it it took time, like as it evolved, like I really accepted that it's not supposed to be something physical, it's supposed to be something that's hazy. Um, and that you really have to like expand and change. So. Hmm. Did the sewn fabric pieces come after this? No, um, those oh, were actually a part 
um, I incorporated that while doing the siding. Hmm. So for this, I did want to use, I did use some found objects um, where I found, I found the door, um, I found the glass for it, um, anything that I could, I thought would be kind of reminiscent of a home-ish. Um, I wanted to put those aspects in it, but not in its like traditional form, I guess. So, um, but yeah, those little components were added while I was reproducing the cardboard. Hmm. Is your studio just a mess? It usually is. <laughs> it I try like. to clean it as much as I can, but it usually is. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. Yeah. I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, there's something going on there. Yeah. You can't throw you can't throw anything away. Um, I mean, I do throw things away. Mm -hmm. um, I just hold them for a while before I throw yeah. them away. Like, I'll keep them for a long time, and then there's this one period where I'm just like, I need to throw everything out and restart. I do that, yeah, because I'm like a, a collage artist primarily, but I work with the photo mm -hmm. you know, photographs and computer, and, um, and then, you know, uh, a lot of it starts in my studio, and then it becomes a photograph and then it goes to the computer and sometimes it goes back to being, you know, it's like this weird. And like I, I once a year I have to throw everything away and, and start new because mm -hmm. I end up with just piles of stuff mm -hmm. and it's hard to walk through. Okay. And I've tried in the past to like organize them I'm like, Oh, I have this little mm -hmm. carton. This is all my like sticks, you know? And yeah. like years, you know, two years later, I'm like, I've never opened that carton of sticks, yeah. you know, cause it's like, that would be too hard, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of sticks, um, Paul with, <laughs> I, I really, um, walking or, you know, walking around upstairs, um, and I saw it from the photographs, um, I was really intrigued, um, about this, you know, idea of um, the organic and the inorganic, sort of, but like the hard and soft of the geometry and the and um, the the forms of the the uh, the pieces. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and like, I, I know you came in wanting to make a big change. Um, as you said, but how did that change come about, I guess, in what we see up there? Well, um, I'm glad you noticed the, that, that tension between the um, synthetic and the artificial, uh, the technological and the natural. That's very important to me. Uh, it, um, it's actually something that I worked with in the past in photography. I was very interested in combining things from the natural world with things that were more cyborg-ish, for example. Um, but in terms of the change, the change probably began a few years ago when I was doing a site-specific series of photographs for the New York Public Library. And uh, they invited me to, it was the final exhibition for the uh, picture collection, which ended up moving and being in storage for a while. Uh, so I wanted to work with archives and I worked with my archive and a bunch of bric-a-brac and props and stuff that I had lying around and I called the show Archive Improv and uh, so I was looking at photographs as objects and trying to 
create space around them and dimensionality because I'm very interested in the photograph as an object. Mm. And as I was doing all that work, it occurred to me that I'd always had an interest in space and that I was enjoying working with space and that in some ways these photographs were also installations or improvised sculptures. Mm -hmm. So it had been on my mind and this place just ended up being the perfect environment for going all out and saying what's possible, anything's possible. Um, the faculty was hugely supportive. And I came at it like giving myself a long residency mm. because I'd just been doing the adjunct scramble teaching photography, both theoretical and technical courses for different institutions. And um, it was time to step back from preaching and pontificating and mentoring and really spend two years nurturing my own process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I, when, when I was in the program, I, I described it to uh, a former professor of mine uh, from undergrad who was like really influential and became, you know, eventually a friend of mine. Got me my first job in New York and all that stuff. But um, he was like, oh, that's nice. It sounds like a, a long residency. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's kind of just what it needs to be. You know, like, I don't, did you guys find that? Like, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't really bothered that much unless I wanted to be, you know, and like you just you work for a while and then you get excited and like you sign up for a bunch of meetings. Is it still run like that? Am I pretty much? It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, well, Catherine, why don't we, we talk to you for a minute about, um, like, now you, you made this bold statement that you're a painter and you've never changed. <laughs> I'm joking. But um, <laughs> you, what, how is your time here and, like, how has, you, how has your work changed or what, what became of your two years here and, like, becoming the painter you are right now yeah um so I was definitely a painter when I came in as I said but I wasn't really sure what I was painting about mm -hmm. it was like when I was in undergrad I had like a really solid idea of what that was but it was like very emotionally involved which can be really exhausting um and so at a certain point I was like still painting but like I don't even know what I was painting and I couldn't talk about it and I was like 10 years out of undergrad and I was definitely challenged on that pretty intensely it was kind of like what are you what are mm. you doing what are you into um and i think i almost got permission to like i don't know just like explore and like be playful and but also like kind of like nail down certain like themes or whatever like i remember having a talk with also like joanne and she was like she was probably joking about it though she was like you don't have to worry about getting too dark. She's like, make work about the devil. And I was like, oh, I got it. <laughs> but like, That's funny. And like, I, I didn't, but I, like, uh -huh. I was like, oh, cool. I, so I can involve sort of like non-traditional uh, influences, like, like horror movies mm -hmm. and um, that sort of thing. So I guess also... Is that where some of that imagery comes from? Or, I mean... Yeah, some of it There's does. like some... 
figurative elements in it. Yeah, you know, figurative. It's it's all from photos. So I like collect photos pretty obsessively, um, and kind of in a different way than Adrian, where I don't usually take the photos, and if I do, they're of like a screen. So there's like multiple lenses or like multiple filters happening, um, and I'm more interested in like a disintegrative like process or photo where. Um, I think it becomes more like psychologically charged if it's like a little bit blown out or if there's like more sort of like abstract issues within the film mm-hmm. because then there's more room for interpretation for like the viewer and then also more room for experimenting as the painter. Um, but the photos come from like over quarantine, I really didn't draw or paint the entire like six months that we weren't here. Like I didn't do anything. I just like watched movies every single day mm-hmm. and I take pictures when I watch movies. So I had like all these source photos to choose from. Oh, interesting from, like, documentaries and stuff like that. Um, So, like, printing those out, and then there's always, like, some sort of failure that will happen when trying to not reproduce them necessarily, but, like, work from them. Mm -hmm. So they become, like, other sort of, like, your own objects. But, yeah, just, like, found photos. I really like voyeuristic, like, type images, too, like -hmm. like, trail cams and things like that. so. <laughs> that's kind of funny. So, yeah. I mean, that's, um, I'm just, uh, I had a thought and I lost it. Oh, I know. Um, wh- because you mentioned a, an important part, like content. Like I, when I was here, I felt like that was the the most, that was the thing I, I learned. Like, I think the, that's what I, I learned, like, kind of like the most, I, I guess, like, what am I like, what am I making this about? You know, it's like the, what is this about? I feel like that was the biggest question I had to answer along with like changing mediums and, you know, um, the whole way I, I made things, you know, and still make kind of now, you know, I found here, you know, like, so, um, I wonder for, for everyone, what, like, was the, the content like, was that part of it? And I, and I remember this too, just briefly before you guys answer, like I, you mentioned Joanne saying something. There was a guy here um, named Mark Greenwald. He was a painter and he was like, um, he had this reputation for being incredibly uh, hard on you, which I was like, kind of like Adrian. I was like, okay, that's who I want to talk to like a lot. <laughs> and I wasn't making paintings, but we ended up having a great relationship. And uh, he really put a lot in my head, uh, good and bad. Um, and I remember one day he was like, you know what you need? You just need to get divorced three times. And that's what your work is about. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, I'll start on that. I'll start on that, Mark. Thank you. Um, and that's one of those things where you, you I, I knew what he meant, though. You know, I knew what he meant. I knew what he was getting at, but it was just, it was funny. And then he just walked out, you know. Um, but um, where's my question? Oh, it was about content. Was that a big part for everyone? Like kind of figuring out? Like, it, what, I'm curious, Adrian, like a lot of times you're in it, you know? And I, my impression is your first painting you talked about, which was like a, the big one down there, um, the kind of more traditional one, doesn't have you. But is that something that, is this, you know, the idea of you being here? Yeah, um, so I strongly believe that 
biographical moments or instances, although they're anecdotal, they establish um, a really solid connection with the viewer the same way in which biographical literature does. And that's why I usually work from photographs or almost always, sometimes for like collage materials, I'll um, get uh, them pulling off the internet. But um, for the most part, I'm just conveying uh, glimpses or snapshots um, of experiences that I've that I've gone through because my mixed media paintings act as memoirs that are imbued with urban undertones that originate my background as a graffiti writer. And um, going back to that large painting, uh, that was right before I had my first breakthrough. I had my first breakthrough with the architectural reconstruction piece, which is the um, piece on paper here. Yeah. And during the departmental crit that I had with that big um, oil on canvas painting, Brian Toole really um, pushed me. I mean, at the time I felt it was a little bit harsh because, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a cityscape and I, he, he almost kind of seemed offended by it in, in, in a certain way. But um, then after thinking about it, I mean, it made total sense. It was like when I first moved here from Seattle, Seattle's a very clean and modern city and New York was just old and filthy. And I think that's why I um, liked it so much. It's something that haven't been used to my entire life, but in that painting, it almost romanticized it to the point where that wasn't getting across. Mm -hmm. And so after that critique, I started thinking more specifically about what I find most alluring of New York. And a big part of that obviously was the innovative infrastructure, the de degree, overwhelming degree of waste, and also the kind of New Yorker aesthetic um, mm -hmm. people are kind of mean here. Mm. Uh, I mean, in Seattle, everyone's like, there'll be traffic at a four-way stop because everyone's like, you go ahead. No, no, you go, you go ahead. <laughs> here it's like we're running in the traffic and then swearing at the cars that almost hit them. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is something that I think is hilarious and why I like this place so much. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, and then because of that, uh, that's what led up to that breakthrough that I had when I started to merge all these things together. And um, like compartmentalized patterning, compositional balance, and integration of media, just kind of like I had no idea that um, this could have come from taking those risks. And I think that one thing that's always stuck with me is that uh, whether it's art, politics, or economics, um, you're going to get the biggest reward when you take the biggest risks. And I mean, I've ruined a whole lot of stuff, but from doing that, um, that's how I've gotten the work that's here today. And um, even if you do ruin something, uh, but and if you learn from it, it's not really a loss. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Content. Sure. Uh, content is very important here, as <laughs> as you mentioned, and that was uh, that was. At first, challenging for me because I walked in the door thinking inside a very limited set of self-prescribed rules mm. that were rooted in formalism and a deep admiration for reductive artwork and post-minimalism. And um, that was a little bit difficult to think about starting to bringing more personal stuff, narratives, concerns, finding larger topics that I wanted to address. Uh, because I always liked work to be very mysterious, and I didn't want to be 
caught wearing my heart on my sleeve. Um, but it was good for the work to be pushed in that other direction. There was a funny uh, conversation at one point where I referred to a past way of working, which was more about intuition and visual aesthetics. And I think someone said, well, I hope we beat that out of you by now. <laughs> and it, it wasn't beaten out. It was, uh-huh. it was very gently uh, corrected, I would mm-hmm. say. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Erica, you looked like you were going to add to that. I mean, yeah, definitely. I feel similar with Paul. Or when, I was, when I first started the program, the reason why I wanted to get into the program is because it just... Um, I felt like I was losing my, you know, losing my passion for what I love doing um, and, you know, not doing what I know I want to do with my life, which is being an artist. So for like the three years that I wasn't in school, um, it was just it was really hard and I was struggling because I couldn't make the work I wanted to make or just make work at all in general. And um, when I got into the program, um from undergrad, it was very um, based off of, you know, aesthetics and um, formal approaches and everything like that. So I really didn't, you know, question or ask myself why I'm making what I want to make or what, you know, where I want to go, what direction do I want to take. And I feel like mainly through my collages and paintings that I've made prior to the program, it was all about my experience, the process, me being really interactive with the work. And um, I think through the program, I really figured out what I want is to allow the viewer to have that experience as well and invite the viewer, the viewer to be involved with the work, walk through it um, and come up with their own interpretations and be allowed to question or find their own narrative Um in the work I'm making. And I don't think I would, you know, like if I wasn't in the program, I never would have, you know, done and started thinking about doing installations or building structures. I never would have Mm. seen my, you know, like I, I really am so grateful for meeting all the professors I have because I never thought I would be capable of making this type of work at all. So, um, you know, like, and I'm so excited to, I'm, and I'm looking forward to, you know, the future and like knowing that I can build things like that. I can go bigger or come up with even more um, interactive types of spaces um, mm. for people to be involved in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if I haven't, like, Kianja, I think introducing me to Ilya and Amelia Kabakov, like, just, you know, wanting to, wanting the viewers to really be involved, have that narrative in a story, um, you know, and, and being more open about personal stuff. I think that was really hard for me in general. Um, I think that allowed me to be where I am right now. So mm. yeah, it has a lot to do with the program. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is like a turn it into a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> joke. <laughs> there has to be something shitty yeah. here. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, uh, that's funny. Um, wow. Pretty awesome. Um, you know, all your work is really, is quite fascinating and it's all really strong. And I, I was, you know, joking, I think in the beginning when I said, when I finished here, it was the last good year. Um, because every year I like, I come, I see this show and I'm like, 
God, it just keeps getting better. You know, what the hell was I doing? It was like, you know, just a child in the woods, lost. Um, but your work is like super strong and super interesting. And, um, you know, it's just such a, like a nice, like, uh, I don't know. It's like a little hidden gem, you know, this program. Um, Adrian, you want to? What a title of one of my pieces. Hidden gem? Oh, I thought you were going to say lost child in the woods. <laughs> I was hoping. I was hoping it was that. Um, but, it, you know, it's funny, Paul, you mentioned, and we'll kind of wrap up in a, in a second here. Um, but you you mentioned, like, you came in with these rules, like these, like, kind of these restrictions. And I remember so clearly myself, because I took time off. I took, I want to say five years off from undergrad. And then, like, even in undergrad, I took two years off in the middle because I was such a wreck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was, I played music. That's like a big part of what I used to do. Um, but, um, and, uh, you know, I, I just had these, like, really strict ideas of what, what I thought was being an artist, you know? And I, I think coming here and, like, you know, I, I came from, like, very similar. It sounds like this kind of post-minimal. I was, like, really into Richard Tuttle. And I was, I remember just standing there with, with Mark one day and he's like, you know, he's like, you know, God damn it. You're not Richard Tuttle. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay. I mean, this is like what I like, you know, but, um, you know, and then it just like everything shifted and, um, it's kind of interesting. Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? But Finishing up, I mean, how do you guys feel? Like, how do you feel now? I mean, you must feel pretty good, right? Like, what's it like? I mean, is there like a lot of, ang you, now you have the orals coming up, the oral defense, there's like a lot of anxiety in that? Or are you, I mean, you all seem pretty put together. Um, We're tough. You're tough, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how does it feel like being in the museum with your work here? Feels great. Feels great? I mean, it must, right? Mm -hmm. Erica? Yeah, definitely. Catherine, you're not sure? Yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at it suspiciously. No, I'm just peeking over to make sure it's uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys, um, I remember coming here, like, I think every day just looking at my stone mm -hmm. and being like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, it's really fun. Was it, um, like, now, like, hanging it was... Was that tricky? I mean, what do you? Mine were easy because they're paintings. Uh -huh. Relatively easy to hang. And then I had never seen them like lit before. And okay. so much about light. Mm -hmm. And like seeing them get like lit up one by one was like, oh my God. Like, it was just so exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, once you take it out of the studio and you put it in this formal setting, it's yeah. like the last like little test, right? It's like this last little like, okay, I hope this works. <laughs> you know? Paul, was it like weird, like this space? Because again, like you're never going to have this kind of space to, and I mean, you, I don't mean it like that, but like, you know, like you've made it and now it's going into this very particular museum. How do you, was it like tricky, like playing with the space up there? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was exciting, but a challenge because mm -hmm. uh, the work was made and remade so many times in uh, the board. Right. In the, in the gallery space that's a more, you know, typical white box. And mm -hmm. so to come in here with the 
amazing architecture, which I adore. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love this campus. And, uh, but the work and how it needed to fit into the space was definitely challenging. And it was fun to work it out, both mm -hmm. with the museum staff who were incredibly generous yeah. and helpful. And uh, a couple of advisors dropped by. And that was a fun process as well. Because mm -hmm. that, for me, that moment of putting things into their um, their final exhibition state is super exciting. And I mm -hmm. like to weave an element of improvisation right up to the end. Uh -huh. Try to keep an open mind about how things can arrange themselves. So it was challenging, but satisfying. Yeah. I remember those meetings with the person. Yeah, that's funny. I was, brings back some I don't know. It's like now I think about it, like this guy, Mark, was really in my head this whole time. <laughs> like, I remember him coming down and be like, we have to talk before you hang anything. I was like, OK, all right. Take it easy, buddy. Um, anyways, um, really fun to talk to you guys today. Um, thank you for taking the time. I know you guys are incredibly swamped or maybe you're not, um, but I hope you're taking uh, a sigh of relief and relishing the moment because it's all downhill from here. No. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.